Now, tell me where Rani is. Huh, you think it was Rani? Maybe if he was man enough to steal a sock, I wouldn't have spent my nights with a baby. It's podcast time. Group on Grabber Friends. We'll talk about very distant lands. We met the man and names a woman. The fun will never end. It's podcast time. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know some of the material we talk about may not be appropriate for all listeners. So maybe, yeah, just just consider that. Welcome to Oh My Glob, an Adventure Time podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And here we are talking about Adventure Time from the first episode all the way to the end. Matt? Yeah? How are you doing? Oh, you know, my computer is yelling at me while I'm trying to record, so I got a little distracted there for a second. Yeah, you did. Yep. And also, my brightness Wait. isn't high enough. What is it? Oh, there What's we go. happening? Now I'm happy. Now my computer is just giving me all these things like, why haven't you updated this yet? I'm like, I don't feel like it, okay? Matt needs to have like blaring brightness on his computer in order for it to like feel comfortable. I do. Otherwise, I'm like, I, like, I his can't read His retinas anything. have to be like burning. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like, you know, the screen looks gray and then there's black letters and I'm like, I can't see a damn thing. Mm. A darn thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can say damn. I just want to throw that out there. Okay. Very R-rated episode. <laughs> Are you feeling uncomfortable? Nope. This is not an R-rated episode. But we are recording during the day for once. Yes. We usually record at night. We we wanted to record during the day so that, you know, we have one more more sprightly and energetic. Yeah. Um. We've been watch, watching. What? We've been listening to, what's the podcast name? Gorley and, Gorley Rust, and Rust. Make movie podcast talkies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they, they record, like, man, these guys get up early in the morning which is first off i don't believe in and mm-hmm. second of all they record early in the day which is first off i don't believe in. no i, I think a lot of po- podcasts i listen to record early in the day. some of them record at night there's a, one podcast i listen to that like regularly when they're done recording one of the guys has to get up for work like two hours later oh my golly like, why do you do that to yourself why mm. so what happens is that we're like we're gonna record today and then it comes to like like you know, that's like 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. version of Matt and Amy. And then 7 or 8 p.m. version of Matt and Amy are be like, fools. You thought you could record today. You've had a long day. Yep. Good luck with that. <laughs> Too tired. Can't do it today. I'm all, you know, we're both also working from home. And mm-hmm. so the, you know, being in the same room all day, there's some fatigue with that. There's a little fatigue with that. Also, uh, something I've tried to do recently is... If I know I'm doing a podcast on something, like if, if it's Adventure Time or I do another movie podcast on the side. But what Gorley and Russ do on their podcast is they get up at like dawn and watch whatever movie they're covering and then they record at like 10 a.m. Yeah. I can't watch a movie at six in the morning. Yeah. You're always like, yeah, no, I feel like I'm wasting my day if I watch a movie during the day. Mm-hmm. I guess it's all about perspective. Yeah. I got like I'm not in the mood or something. Like I, I just can't get invested in something that early in the day. I'm like, oh, I feel like I should be doing something different. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, we went to a brew fest yesterday. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was cool. It was awesome. There's some live music and an awesome cover band. The cover band was so fabulous. Yep, I didn't bother to learn their name, but they were good. The range, but we should look it up. Mm-hmm. Could you look it up? Google it, please. Yeah, yeah, I will. But the range of songs. I mean, they were throwing out Journey. Michael Jackson, Jimmy Eat World, like, I was pretty darn impressed, and they did it really well. Yep. Yeah, they were really good. 
music from the ages. Are you Googling it? No. Why? <laughs> I meant to do that after. No. My keyboard is oh like my 10 God, feet away Matthew. from me right now. Oh, my God. Okay, fine. I will do it. It's sit, My keyboard sitting on top of a bunch of books, and it's barely balanced on them. <sighs> the things I have to do. Oh, my God. <laughs> you are killing me. The one complaint I had about the Brewfest, I'm not going to lie. Oh, they're called Stir Crazy. Oh, cool. Yeah, they were really cool. I like Fitting them. name for this last year. Totally. <laughs> yes. Uh, that is an understatement of the year. Yeah. But uh, the one complaint is, so it went from like 1 to 6.30. And Matt and I were like working on the garage, all the stuff, whatever, home home stuff. And um, we're like, around 3 o'clock, we're like, okay, we should get going. And showed up around 4. So that's like midway through the event. And half the places were already out of their beer. And yeah. I didn't get to try the Incline Prickly Pear Beer. I'm kind of salty about it, but, mm-hmm. you know, you th- pay 30 bucks for a ticket. You expect to be able to get, get the stuff that you want. Dang it. Yeah. At least half the stuff that each of us wrote down that we wanted to try was out by the time we got there. Yeah. Lessons learned, right? Yep. Don't go to any social events ever. Never. <laughs> That's just that's my that's my motto in general. Matt and I are both vaccinated. We strongly encourage anyone listening to this podcast to get vaccinated if you're able to do that. Um, we still still wore masks because of the Delta variant going around, so we're both trying to stay you know safe and stuff. There's so many people there. Mm-hmm. I I immediately felt uncomfortable. It was crazy. It was pretty nuts. Matt was like, "Let's do this," <laughs> which is such a like a switching roles for us yep. <laughs> i'm usually like let's roll and matt's like um let's contemplate our decision please yes for... I, was, I was like whatever i'm gonna stand in a random line and pick whatever looks good yeah and but we both yeah so it, it was fun there's a lot of really cool people there yep. had a good time really like going to Brewfest. me too i like looking at people's awesome t-shirts yeah you know like you graphic your shirts peeps in their bods i'm peeking their bods yeah, there's a guy wearing like an Evil Dead 2 t-shirt I kept trying to find in the crowd. I'm like, I got to go compliment this guy's shirt. Yeah. And I was wearing a, a t-shirt of the movie, a Goofy Movie. Mm-hmm. And that got a lot of compliments. Hey, Powerline. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So we like that store, Box Lunch. And uh, one day we were perusing Box Lunch and Matt was like, yeah, I like this Powerline shirt. And guess who got it for him for Christmas? You did. Yes. This girl. <laughs> Yeah, I love that shirt. I wear it like once a week. Yeah. It's in his regular rotation. It is. We yeah. are going to be talking about two two weird episodes of Adventure Time today. Yeah, two weird episodes. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny is like we recorded during the day today so that we had, had more energy. I'm still super tired. <laughs> I got my coffee. I'm like super sleepy right now. What what do they call it on that show? Hot the brown. Hot, hot brown. I got, that's so gross. Hot brown. We should name it something different. What would, what would coffee be named in Adventure Time? Oh. Zip, zip, lick. I think uh, zip zip. Like, I think Jake drinks coffee. He probably calls it something weird at some point. Yeah, I, I'm asking you. What do you think it would be called? If Matt was, <laughs> I had a really funny thought, but I can't remember. I can't uh, think of something. No, like Matt, if you were in Adventure Time, what would you call it? Ooh, bean juice. Bean juice. Yep. 
But that reminds me of farts. Bean juice. Ew, bean <laughs> juice. Fart, that's a wet fart. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Ew. I immediately went to wet fart. <laughs> We're off to a really good start today. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your way of saying we should get to the episode? Oh, let's do it. No, I need a name. <laughs> bean All right. juice. Listeners, if you lived in the land of ooh and you needed to name coffee, what would you name coffee i know what i'm drinking right now wet ice also known as water (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like that wet ice melted ice cake should we get to the episode Mm. soft ice (laughs) (laughs) let's do it i love alternate names for things like uh grass sky uh, earth hair that's that's a good one oh uh the moon the night sun (laughs) (laughs) I like zebras, prison horses. Prison horses. When yep. Matt first saw that, he laughed so hard that he coughed. Yeah, there's yeah. some really funny ones. Yeah. To, speaking of Google, I'm gonna have to look into those again. <laughs> oh, now he finds his keyboard. No, I'm still not <laughs> I'm kidding. It. I'm kidding. I'll be tap tap tapping away all the editing. <sighs> all right, so we're covering episodes, season four, episodes seventeen and eighteen, Bimo Noir and. King King Worm. Worm. Sorry. Thank you, Matthew. (laughs) Let's get to the show. Let's do it. Zoot it. Zoot it. Okay, so Bima Noir has an IMDb rating of 8.1. Overall number 95. Matt, I can't believe we've done 95 episodes. I know, we're we're sneaking up on 100. It is so insane. It feels like we've been close to 100 for a while now. This season, we will talk about episode 100. Yep, it is coming up. Actually, I wonder which episode it is. I'm excited um, to find out. I could tell you, but I'm not going to. Ooh, yeah. I kind of want to keep it a surprise. Yeah. I'm supposed to do like an extravaganza. Extravaganza. RuPaul style. <laughs> okay. So anyway, directed by Larry Leach. Blah, 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 blah. Directed by Larry Leachlighter, Nate Cash. Written and storyboarded by Tom Herpich and Skylar Page. Original air date was August 6, 2012. Unknown amount of viewers. Hey, today's August 8th. We keep getting close to the dates. That is crazy. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title card shows it looks like a scene out of a black and white uh, noir movie, like, uh, you know, like 1920s or to 1950s, like, detective movie. And it shows, like, the characters that Bimo is pretending to be throughout this episode. And they're all very human. And you got one guy in the background that looks like uh, Teddy from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <laughs> what does he sound like, Matt? Where's the store open, Bobby? <laughs> Bobby. Also, you have um, Jake in the background with a thing of lipstick. Yeah, Giant Jake. Giant Jake and Giant Finn. Again, this is all in black and white. It's really fascinating. Oh, you know what? I didn't even see Finn there. I just thought he was buildings. <laughs> no, it's Finn. It's Finn. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that bubble in your throat to do that voice. <laughs> That's funny. So, on to the synopsis. Yes, please. Bimo is playing a game where you play as a wrestler beating up a horse, which I don't really care for. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, the video game just looks so mean. That kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable. (laughs) Finn asks Jake where his socks is, but Jake denies taking it. They get into an argument when Finn asks Jake to help him look for it. It is really funny because, like... Jake's like, oh, Finn loses a sug, and everything has to stop to help Finn. Yeah, we're getting to see some of the uh, 
not so fun times living in the treehouse. It's really funny. It cracked me up. Also, um, Jake is putting on makeup for whatever event they're going to. And then he does like the spiral from um, Saw on his face with lipstick, which Mm -hmm. is really weird. (laughs) At this point, the colors change to black and white, like an old movie. BMO decides to find Finn's missing sock. And... One thing that I think is really funny is when this switch happens is that BMO unplugs the controller and then stamps it out like they're stamping out a cigarette. Yeah. Which was so cra- so crafty and I and I really thought it was it was clever. Anyway, so Jake convinces Finn to go to their event with with only one sock and BMO snaps a picture of Finn's foot as he leaves. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So BMO notices Ronnie in the picture and grabs grabs him for questioning. Ugh, who's Ronnie again? Was Ronnie the rat? Yes. Okay, Ronnie the rat. You know, Matt, we literally just watched this episode. <laughs> Here's my problem. I, I don't like noir movies. I'm not sure if you do that. That's up there for me with, like, political thrillers. I'm like, ugh. So, <laughs> I was watching this episode, but I was like, ugh. Um... So, Roddy. He was, like, in the corner, like, in the fetal position, sucking his thumb, because he's just like, I can't handle it. I don't want it. Yeah. That was... Okay. (laughs) The Bemo... So, spots lipstick on the back of Ronnie's neck and asks him about Lorraine. Ronnie warns Bemo to stay away from her, but Bemo assures him that they are dinosaur bones, which means friends? Just friends? I thought that means that they are like history. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. Well, that makes more sense. <laughs> why would that mean friends? I'm going to edit this to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. No, wait. Why is that? Why would dinosaur bones make it sound? Mean I don't know. Friends? Sometimes they just make up goofy sayings in this show. Like, <laughs> it doesn't like, always have to make sense. Like they don't bone anymore. <laughs> dinosaur bones. Uh, so Ronnie then denies taking the sock. But Wait, point- so does it mean that they're like underground? <laughs> like friends? Dinosaur bones. They're like dug I just, up? I didn't think twice about it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So. Dinosaur bones. Y'all. So Ronnie then denies taking the sock, but points out a stain on Finn's other sock in the photo, saying that it looks like a grape juice stain. So Bima goes into the pantry to check out the grape juice, but it finds, but finds it unopened and realizes Ronnie was lying. Suddenly, someone traps BMO by shutting the door. When the door opens, Officer Davis, also a cat, we're going to get to that, mm-hmm. um, is standing there waiting for BMO. He tells BMO to stay out of police business and threatens to put BMO behind bars. Yeah. Question. First off. Who's Officer Davis? <laughs> Why don't I remember? <laughs> I was trying not to say anything, but I couldn't help it. Um, Second question. Did Finn and Jake have a cat? Several cats, apparently. There's like three in this episode. Yeah. I think two or three. I couldn't tell. And, <clears throat> excuse me, when did they get a cat? And also, is it an indoor-outdoor cat? It must be, because there's, like, no windows in the tree Mm. fort. Well, I assume that some rando cat just wander in when Finn and Jake leave the house. You think so? I mean, it is pretty messy, and they might be hungry. Mm, I mean, they get worms that live in there. Everything lives in that house. Yeah, I just... All the creepy crawlies come out when Finn and Jake are gone. Yeah. And cats. Cats. All right, sorry. Go ahead. So, BMO ignoring Officer Davis's advice... And threat heads over to Lorraine's, hoping that she can lead BMO to Ronnie. (laughs) 
So Bebo asks Lorraine where the sock is, but she denies knowing anything about it. When Bebo suggests that Ronnie took it, she laughs at the idea, saying that if Ronnie were man enough to take a sock, she wouldn't have to be spending her nights with Bebe. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I had questions about Lorraine. (laughs) I love Lorraine. (laughs) You know, it's supposed to be like a sexy looking chicken, but she's got like lipstick smeared all over her face. She does. And also, is this... So, is it bestiality if a video game and a chicken get together? I don't think so, because video games aren't technically (laughs) animals. I don't know. But it's sentient and has a personality. They will say yes. So, did you know there's a lot of bestiality, like, in the, like, beginning of our country because, I did not know that. Yes, I I learned I learned about it from stuff you should know podcast and like so two things. So we had the Protestants that came over, right? And then they called anyone who wasn't Protestant the others. Hmm. Yeah, it was. I'm like, oh, that's not a horror movie. And then which we'll get to in King Worm, but hmm. not now. We're pinning that anyway. When you look back at the records, there's a lot of, like, man laying with beast. And I'm just curious about that. And also, didn't we watch something recently? It's probably Rick and Morty. Probably Rick and Morty, yeah. It sounds like it rings a bell. (gasps) No, it was that trailer with the sheep kid. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, It's a movie called Lamb. Yeah. That's coming out. It looks weird. Weird AF. Yep, yep. It's about, like, a child who has a lamb's head. Yeah, and I think the husband was with the, what do you call that? The mama lamb, the mama sheep. Yeah, I don't know. I, we were watching the trailer and you're like, this looks right up your alley. And I was like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> what movie were we at when we saw that trailer? Oh, was that oh. awful Green Knight? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to be so negative, but talk about a movie that really I got really hyped up about seeing it and didn't like at all. Really hyped up about yep. seeing it. Did not care for it. But a lot of people are caring for it. Matt, so I think we should cool. see that movie a second time. Yeah, we should. But let's wait till it comes out on video. Yeah. Or like HBO Max or something. Mm-hmm. We did just see the new Suicide Squad, though. Which was so fabulous. I loved it. It was so fabulous. Yep, yep. I was really impressed with how they balanced the characters, the entertainment value, the death count and the the group. Gr- I mean, it's not, I'm not like impressed, like like oh yeah, another guy died. But like the way these people die, I always find like <clears throat> when artists can identify like new and creative ways of offing the baddies. Mm-hmm. I always find that really fascinating. Yeah, that's what I like about the Kingsman movies. Yeah, like they're super violent movies, but they're. Very well crafted, mm-hmm. super violent movies. Kingsman was a uh, uh, the first movie we went together. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I always like to point that out, so it's mm-hmm. locked in my brain memories yeah. forever. Yep, yep, yep. I just pointed to my head when I said that, <laughs> like everybody could see me. It was a good date. Yeah, it was a good date. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, side tangent. Suicide Squad. Go see it. Yeah, definitely. Or watch it on HBO Max. I had no idea it was going to be playing on HBO Max. And that's yeah. where we watched it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I'm kind of at, I'm, I'm kind of on a war against movie theaters right now. It's a thing. Do you want to talk that out right now? We could we could discuss it. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I, I'm already going to be editing out half of what I said in this episode. No. <laughs> I think I've been a mess. No. No, don't. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it another time, maybe. 
if there's an episode about movies or something. Um, Bebo Noir is about a movie. Just Good point. So I'll start it. So Matt hates movie theaters because people are jerks in movie theaters right now. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I think it all started when we saw Kingsman 2. Mm-hmm. And, you know, before it was like, hey, just pick a middle seat, you know, mid mid to upper rows. And so we were sitting and we had pretty decent seats. And this is when they, like, <clears throat> after they still, like, assign seats and stuff. And someone legit was throwing hard candy at my head during the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where we had to leave the movie because I was so upset by it because it kept happening over. And at first I was like, what's what's going on? And someone legit was just, like, it was probably and it was it was hard candy. It was like a M&M's or something. <clears throat> and it hurt. And it, it really impacted my comfort going to the movie. And now. In order for me to really feel comfortable going to the movies, I we only sit on the back row. Yep. It, it was so distressing for yeah, that to happen. it was. But then ever since then, it seems like every time we've gone to the movies, audience members just in general have just been so bad. Yeah, and it's not even like just talking out loud. We've been in a movie theater where somebody legit answered their cell phone and had a conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Multiple instances where people were on their phones on the like full bright. Yeah. And like, oh, it's so obnoxious. So Matt is one of the people who sits and stews, which is not a bad thing, but he doesn't like to create conflict. And so, but I'm one of those people where I'm just like, like, seriously, <laughs> turn it off. And I'm like, or, or leave the theater. Like I go and talk to him and he hates it when I do, I do that, but it pisses me off. And then we have the people that are like, like, it's okay to talk. I think like, Matt and I will talk, but we'll like whisper to each other. Yeah. About the movie. About the movie. But then you have people who have like full on conversations about other things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we went to see that that movie old. Yeah. There was like a couple that came in. Well, one that came into the movie late. It's like, why are you even here? It's, right. <laughs> uh, and they sat in our row and they sat their phone on the whole time. And like during like slow scenes, they'd be looking at memes and stuff and laughing out loud. I'm like, Come on, man. Yeah. Like you're paying to see this movie. It what is are you so doing? expensive to see movies anymore. Why are people wasting their money mm-hmm. in the movie theater? Yeah. I don't remember how we got to this. <laughs> Just realizing. <laughs> I was like, wait, how do we segue into this? Well, yeah, it's awful. Go to, so, I, so watch movies on HBO Max. <laughs> yeah. So I think my wish list for people, like, let's, you know, I, I appreciate the movies are available now that we can go to the theaters. I appreciate that it's an air-conditioned place during hot summer, especially in Washington where most of the homes don't have air conditioning. But I think that it, there's a certain etiquette, right? Mm-hmm. That people, it would be helpful for people to follow. Yeah. And make the experience enjoyable for others as well as themselves. And if you're not able to follow that etiquette, then don't go to the movie. I agree. Because you know, like, I love movies. Movies are like my bread and butter. So, like, the fact that I don't want to go to the movies anymore really bums me out. Yeah. Yeah. Makes me... And that and, and it also makes me feel sad for you because I know how much you love going to the movies, but then you'll, like, you'll come home and you'll, like, just get up and leave a movie and get a refund and and be angry about it all day. And that, <laughs> and that really bums me out. That happened last week. Yeah. When I went to see a movie and I was like, nope, like, 10 minutes in, I was like, yeah, not happening. Yeah. Anyway, sorry mm. about that tangent, but I think it's important for people to know that. Yep. Be good movie watchers. Make the movie theaters great again. Don't oh. say that. Oh, God. <laughs> I did a Trump. 
Matthew. Forgive me. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm, I'm going to have to log off now. <laughs> oh, I don't think anybody wants me to do an episode solo. Uh, Bimo asked if she was saying baby is man enough, but she denied it and says that baby doesn't know anything about Finn's sock. Bimo catches Lorraine mentioning that the sock is Finn's and points out she should not know any details of the case. Lorraine confesses that Bebe was the one that stole the sock. As Bimo is leaving, Lorraine asks Bimo not to tell Ronnie about her and Bebe. But Ronnie is hiding near the rafters and yeah. her everything. So Bimo heads to Bebe's uh, dance club downtown and immediately starts stepping on Bebe. <laughs> Bebe? And grilling him about the sock's Is location. this a Shit's Creek crossover? Bebe. Bebe. Anyway, sorry. So Baby denies knowing anything about socks as Bimo grabs some soot from a furnace and smears it on Bebe, telling him that Lorraine sold him out. Bebe denies it and tells Bimo that it was Ronnie who took the sock. And just for a point of reference, Bebe is a remote control. That's Mm -hmm. why it was the easy access of standing on top of him. Bimo goes to wash the suit off its hands. And when Bimo gets back to Bebe to clean up, they find out that Bebe is dead and the police were arriving. Mm-hmm. This is where you see like 14 bajillion cats all of a sudden. Yeah. I don't know what that's about. I mean, the police, they're going to. Can I just say something also? So we started watching the Fast Furious. Uh, oh, yeah. We're Fast and the Furious people now. <laughs> <laughs> so we like this podcast called uh, How Did This Get Made? How Did This Get Made? And one of the the things they do is anytime a fast uh, movie comes out, they have Adam Scott come on, who they are like, this is our Vin Diesel expert, Adam Scott. And you, you know him from other shows like Parks and Rec and other shows. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, he's he's fabulous. Um, and he knows so much about these movies. And, and uh, Jason Manzoukas watched all of the episodes or all of the nine previous, I guess, 10 in the including Hobbs and Shaw prior to them talking about Fast 9 and uh, so Matt and I are like we need to watch all of these movies together and then watch Fast 9 because we haven't seen Fast 9 yet and Mm -hmm. I'm just so blown away about where they're at in Fast 9 and where they came from yeah or it started off just street racing yeah and now it's like saving the world flying cars in space (laughs) yeah r.i.p paul walker um love him he is a beautiful man but we watched fast and the furious and too fast too furious featuring ludicrous and introducing uh rome and so so love these movies uh and i'm really looking forward to this adventure yeah yeah i didn't like part two very much but I really enjoyed the first one, surprisingly. The first one was so good. Mm-hmm. So good. And yeah, the second one was dog poop. It was a step down. Yeah. yeah. I think they start getting really good again at part five. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to trudge, trudge, trudge through. Yeah. I think that's the word. Trudge through the next couple and uh, hit up, uh, yeah, the rest of the shows. So we're excited. Yeah, me too. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So anyway, so that's the the cop thing reminding me because there's so many police. And in Too Fast, Too Furious, if I were, okay, so this is my adult brain trying to rationalize everything. If I was 
the police chief, I would be so angry at the amount of police that were, one, involved with chasing down these two street racers. Mm-hmm. And two, the amount of damage that they did to property and to police vehicles. And think about how many injuries. And then the taxpayers are going to have to pay for Yeah, our... it's bonkers. Anyway, sorry. Those movies are ridiculous. They're totally crazy. But excited to, to take that journey. Yeah, me too. So as Beulah runs from the cops... They trip over one of them and falls down the tree fort's ladder, hitting its head. While unconscious, Bimo has a strange dream slash vision, which consists of POV sequences of Bimo performing the actions of the characters in in the play. So Bimo wakes up to find Neptur, and Bimo asks Neptur if he'd seen any cops down there. Neptur tells Bimo that the that only they and Ronnie had been down there all day, and that about a sock's worth of treasure was missing from that room. <laughs> That's funny, I didn't even catch that. So Bimo realizes that Ronnie took the sock to carry the treasure, killed Bebe, so he would not tell anyone, and pinned it on Bimo. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and then Bimo kind of says something mean to, <laughs> yeah. to Neptur. Yeah. Neptur's like, we should hang out more, we're both robots, and Bimo's like, I'm nothing like you. Yeah, and and that really made me sad um, yeah. for Neptur. There's a lot of things, and and I want to talk about that. That's one of my quotes that I have down here. I feel so bad for Neptur. Poor Neptur. Bimo goes back upstairs to look for Ronnie, but finds a chalk outline of Ronnie with a ketchup stain in it instead. Officer Davis tells Bimo that they are off the hook since they know Ronnie killed Bebe and took the treasure. Officer, Officer Davis hands Bimo the confession. Ronnie left and tells Bimo it's time to let the case go. Bimo then notices that the note was written with lipstick and runs outside. Lorraine is sitting on top of a barrel with treasure and floating in a pond. So Lorraine confesses to framing Ronnie and Bebe and then reveals that the sock is in her and Bimo's secret grown-up kissing spot, to which Bimo reacts with a giggle. <laughs> so Lorraine bids farewell, floats to the opposite side of the pond, and jumps onto the land. The colors change back to normal as Finn and Jake return to the tree fort with uh, the sea lard. Bimo shows, which we'll talk about in a minute, Bimo shows Finn that his sock was in his pillow the whole time. That secret grown-up kissing spot was a pillow. Mm-mm. Um, Finn is happy that his sock is found, and he and Bimo repeatedly say, Yay, Bimo! After a short while, Jake asks, Our chicken's name is Lorraine? Bimo says yes, and mentions that she is a red, she is red hot like pizza supper, and blushes as the episode ends. And that's the end of that chapter. So what did you think of this episode? So, a couple things. The first... At the very beginning, Finn is trying to, like, find his sock, and he doesn't have a shirt on, and he doesn't have any nipples. Hmm. That bothered me. Weird. <laughs> yeah. And not even a belly button. Weird. Yes. He was just a, a boy-colored square. Yeah, there's a there's some weird stuff with uh, animation with Finn in this episode and the, and the next one. Yeah, the consistencies are bunk. Yup. What did you think? This is the first time I've ever finished this episode after starting it. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of, uh, I think this is the only episode in the first five seasons or so that I've never seen in its entirety before. Mm-hmm. And having watched it, I was entertained during it. Still, I don't really like this episode that much. Okay. Yep. That's all right. It's not because, of, you know, as we've said before, like, when we started this podcast, neither of us were big fans of the character Bimo. I've really grown to appreciate Bimo. 100%. Still don't like this episode. I don't know. I'm just, like, the noir thing just doesn't do it for me. 
Yeah, I what I think is really fun about this episode is that so this is like a noir by a kid. Mm-hmm. Like things that the comments that Bimo says, like I'm gonna wash the schmutz off my grabbers. Or I feel like I got hit by Dra- by a Dracula by King Kong. Yeah. What does that even mean? You know? Well, so I guess the movie King Kong exists in, ooh. <gasps> oh, OMG, have- that means there's kaiju. Kaiju. Yeah, they're, they they do come across like old VHS tapes and stuff like that. So maybe they, maybe they get a copy of King Kong. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. But like some of like statements that BMS says, it's, it's cute and funny and their satire and it's a I, I can't say this is one of my favorite episodes but it certainly is definitely not the worst episode yeah it's i agree with you definitely not the worst and this this is a, a compliment on the episode but it's also the reason i don't like the episode very much it does a really good job spoofing film noir yeah i've only seen a few movies of the genre but this felt like all of them combined into one thing so good job yeah i i do think they do a good job of that mm-hmm. um i do like lorraine as you know the femme fatale yep. um and the whole like dramatic ep- ending of her jumping off the barrel from a, a tiny pond like that you know it, it's it's stuff like that that you're just like this is hilarious well here's the real mystery of the episode the way it all plays out, you know, Bemo's filling in the voices for these other characters, mm-hmm. but they're all in, like, the places they should be in this mystery playing out. Yeah. And in the end, the sock is where Lorraine says that it is. Like, did Bemo actually not know that that's where the sock was? Is this all actually really happening, or is it all in his imagination? Yeah, that's a really good question. Yep. Huh. I didn't even think about it like that. It's crazy. Yeah, because... <laughs> Like, Bimo didn't know, I mean, it seemed like he didn't, or excuse me, it seemed like they didn't know that it was actually in the pillowcase. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really have to wonder. Like, maybe this was a game in Bimo's mind, but the way it played out, everything was actually real. Hmm. <laughs> like, it just turned out everything actually happened that way. That is so fascinating. Yep. Huh. What an interesting thing to point out. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Where was the snail, Maddie? On the stepping stone, stepping stone, on the stepping stone, <laughs> outside the house, leading up to the pond. Oh, so when Bimo goes out to confront Lorraine, yeah, that's when so you like see towards it. the end of the episode. So I saw this picture of where it was, and I I didn't catch it because it was so quick. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also it's really hard to spot the snail in this one because of it all being black and white too. Yeah, so the snail just kind of looks like a little pebble on the ground. I I would say that the black and white didn't bother me, but it was such a contrast when there was color. Yeah, like it, it obviously, it, but like, um, because this show is such a colorful show, mm-hmm. for it to go into a black and white like setting certainly was so uh, stark. Yeah, I I can totally see that. I I watch a lot of black and white movies, mm-hmm. and so the same. It didn't bother me. I I love a lot of black and white movies. Yeah, you know, black and white doesn't bother me. I know there's some people who are just like, ugh, black and white. Yeah, and it I'm, puts some people to sleep. Yeah, I like it a lot. Same. It's yeah. like you know, you have some people that are like, you know, like some movies that we grew up with that are exciting to us. Say like Jaws, for instance. Mm-hmm. I love Jaws. I think it's a really exciting movie. But I've heard like some younger people saying like, oh, the movie's just so old and boring. And I'm like, oh, 
It's a different we, time. We literally, so on 4th of July, we went and saw that in the theater and it was so terrifying and fabulous. And I really, really liked it. Yeah. I would be f- interested to watch that in black and white. Jaws in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm curious. There's going to be some, there's a lot of movies I want to try doing that with. Hmm. I say that, but I can't think of any on the spot. You know, um, the first time I saw Friday the 13th Part 2, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Okay. I saw it in black. We, we saw, was it in black and white and 3D or just black and white? Black and white. Yeah. We went through a screening on a Friday the 13th a couple of years ago. Yeah. And we saw Friday the 13th Part 2 in black and white and then Part 3 in 3D. Oh, that's right. It was Part 3 in 3D. Yeah, that was a that blast. That was so fun. Yep. Uh, no fill face in this episode. So, Matt. Yeah. What was your favorite line? Oh, my favorite line was, maybe if he was man enough to steal a sock, I wouldn't have to spend my nights with baby Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an adult line. It is. And it was hilarious. <laughs> yep. It was so odd coming out of a chicken. Yes, real, it was. Really bemo. It with lipstick all over its face. What's um, yours? So, I wouldn't say that this is my favorite line, but I thought it was the most impactful or something yeah yeah more impact most impactful line so when nectar's like um they're in the treasure room and bimo's going up the the ladder nectar's like bimo we should hang out more we're both machines and and bimo says no nectar i'm not like you oh nectar's face looks so crushed he was crushed and that was like so sad and like they've planted the seed already in the show that like Poor Neptor and t- ancient uh, psychic tandem, uh, ancient psychic tandem war elephant, are just kind of like left in the treasure room. Yeah, and that is so sad. It is so sad. It's, poor Neptor is so yeah, neglected. He totally is, and he's like, "I'll make a pie for you, Bimo." And like, anyway, it. I wish that they wouldn't like forget about these sentient yeah. people or items that they have in their care yeah it, it makes me think again I'm like would Nectar actually have been better off if he chose to go with ice king right you know at least ice king is at the very least um responsive to the to the other beings that live in his castle yeah 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 that's so true <laughs> i don't know i think about that a lot yeah i feel sad about that yep it's so depressing it was uh do you want to give me an impression of a character yeah she'd red hot like pizza supper awesome <laughs> bimo that was bimo um i picture if lorraine was a person i would picture her with red hair Ooh. well what does she look like in the title card she's the- got black hair it looks like well you can't tell because it's, it's a black and white and yeah. i would it, it, based on her hair color i mean not color but how it is i would imagine it to be dark <laughs> my, eye, my eye just goes right over to teddy from bob's burgers and there <laughs> bobby oh man so my impression is you want some pie or something uh that is the latchkey kid that is nectar Mm. I know. So sad. <laughs> Matt? Yes. Should we get to some triv? Let's do some trivia. Yes, please. <laughs> this episode occurs concurrently with 
Princess Potluck. At the beginning of the episode, Finn is shown missing a sock, and Jake is putting on makeup before they leave for the treehouse or leave the treehouse. At the end of the episode, they return carrying a sea lard. All of this is explained in the other episode. What? Yes. Is that bonkers? That's nuts. I didn't notice. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I can't wait to cool. get to that one now. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't even know when that one is. I don't either. But I'm excited. Me too. So during BMO's dream sequence, uh, BMO's face becomes human-like, resembling the detective's face in the title card. Really <laughs> creepy shot. Super creeps. This is the first Adventure Time episode that is in black and white, but it is not the first time Adventure Time showed a scene that is black and white. The first time was Gut Grinder when old soft person was talking about the events of what happened. The second time was in Hug Wolf when BMO used strobe light mode. Oh. This is the first episode in which BMO is the main character. This episode reveals that the tree fort has cats and a chicken coop. Yeah. It's strange that the tree fort would have cats, considering Jake has said many times that he hates them. Although it's possible that they may have been strays that somehow got inside the fort. Yeah, I really think it's strays. Yeah. So all of the new characters shown in this episode are voiced by Nikki Yang, the same voice for BMO and Lady Rainicorn. Thus even furthering the fact that BMO is making the story up. I totally forgot that Nikki Yang is BMO and Lady Rainicorn. Can I just say... Nikki Yang is an Adventure Time hero. Yeah, she's an Adventure Time super Amadeus. Totally. And I am just like so impressed by the skill set in this episode. And like, could you imagine? I mean, like, think about your play. Okay. Like, this reminds me of when you were playing make believe as a little kid. I did a lot of that growing up, mm-hmm. like, one of seven kids and like, Spent a lot of summers alone, um, even though I had, like, a bunch of siblings. They were all doing their own thing. And so, anyway, like, I did, a, I played a lot of make-believe. And so, you, you do the, your own voices and everything. And it was, and we were totally latchkey kids, by the way. Um, yeah. But, like, I, so it's just super cool how she did, how she did this work. And I, I just applaud Nikki Yang for the yeah. work in this. Good job, Nikki Yang. Yeah. We appreciate you. Bimo can play his own video games, which is kind of cool. Yeah, we saw that with the guy beating up the horse game. So Horses when... <laughs> have feelings. It's so weird. So when Finn and Jake arrived from their adventure, before Finn drops the sea lard that he's holding, he's shown to have worn two socks, although this sock was shown to be a sock Finn made out of tortillas in Princess Potluck. So there's a number of cultural references, which I think is kind of cool. Cool. Bima Noir is a reference to the concept of film noir, French for black film, a genre of crime movies popular in the 40s and 50s. Oops, I said 20s. Oof, I was way off. That's okay. So the episode uses conventional elements of film noir, including black and white photography, contrasting light and shadows, the use of voiceover narration, smoking, double cross, wrongly accused people, flashbacks in a knockout sequence, swarthy characters, including a femme fatale. And the protagonist of the story being a hard-boiled detective. So, and I noted this earlier, when Bimo took his controller plug and stepped on it, uh, there was the sound of a cigarette being extinguished. This is common imagery from generic crime movies and a hard-boiled detective. Oh, I like this one here. There are frequent references to David Lynch, whom Pendleton Ward cites as an influence. The dream sequence might be a reference to the dream sequences common in Twin Peaks, with a few specifics from Lost Highway, wherein a character's face fades out and reappears as an old man with bright lips. 
The idea of the remote being mysteriously murdered is also similar to the plot of the film. I, I'm i a fan of David Lynch. Mm-hmm. He makes some really weird movies. But he, he does, like, noir style, but with, like, um, a dreamy kind of um, feel to them. Mm-hmm. But I just said I don't like noir movies, but I like David Lynch movies. That's why I thought that movie Lamb is right up your alley. Yeah. Maybe I have to check it out. Then we uh, can do a Lamb podcast. No. <laughs> In the beginning of the episode... No, we'll just put it on Modern Horror Show. Oh, there we go. In the beginning of the episode, Jake draws a spiral on his face in red lipstick. This is a reference to the film Dark City, which stressed heavily on film noir influences. Crap. Why does this keep proving me wrong? I love the movie Dark City. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, maybe there's some things you didn't know about yourself that Adventure Time helps highlight. Crap. Maybe because I don't like genuine film noirs from like the real time period uh-huh. but i like movies inspired by them apparently okay. yeah there you go and how am i missing all these references the episode also contains a lot of allusions to the film the mechanic uh the, the machinist. machinist oh my goodness i like that movie too <laughs> particularly with Vimos staring into the mirror during the flashbacks adding to the hints that the plot is a manifestation of Vimos fantasies that's a that's a trippy movie right there the machinist uh christian bale weighed like 90 pounds in it yeah, and he was nominated for an Oscar, I think, for that. Am I making that up? I don't know. I feel like I should know this. I'm the movie guy. I know you are. Anyway, lots of movie references in this episode. Hold on. I'm looking up The Machinist Oscar. Did The Machinist win any awards? It, I Let's think it see. won the award for most weight lost for a role. <laughs> it had four nominations. Wow. Christian Bale did win. Maybe I'm making that also up. Oh, no, he didn't win for that. He won for The the Fighter. Oh, oh yeah, he was really good in that movie. But was he nominated? That's what I want to know. Yeah, The Fighter was fascinating. And I would love, like, so I watched that movie while I was in grad school. And now that I've worked with folks who have a history of substance abuse or are actively engaged in substance abuse, I would like to watch that movie with that lens and see what I think about it in different. Yeah. It's a good flick. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, no, it was not nominated. I thought it was for some reason. In oh. Princess Potluck. It, oh, wait. I don't want to. I, I feel like that's going to give away stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and skip that one. Yeah. So this is the first time Nectar has been seen since Hot to the Touch. So there are various hints that the episode is but a part of BMO's and Nectar's imagination. Ooh, isn't that interesting that it's like together yeah because <gasps> nectar knows these characters too that's so- insane maybe they play with each other maybe that maybe that was like part of the hard-boiled detective is like no nectar i'm nothing like you i don't know nectar seemed pretty genuinely hurt yeah i don't know <laughs> so while talking to ronnie bimo was moving ronnie's lips during the times that the viewers can hear him talk during the flashbacks after bimo's knockout the viewers see bimo putting lipstick on lorraine's mouth Bebe, a character in the episode, is a TV remote controller. In the flashback, Bimo is seen manually taking out his batteries. When Lorraine leaves, she does not take Finn and Jake's gold with her, even though she is the one that stole it and framed Rami- Ronnie in the crime. Bimo likes role-playing and talking to themselves, as seen in Five Short Grables. And all of the made-up characters are voiced by Nikki Yang, the same voice of- as Bimo. So yeah, I don't know, could be real, could not be real. David Lynch, man. <laughs> so good so so good 
in many ways. Again, not my favorite, but also I think it's really cool to like to look at all these like connections and cultural references. I think that adds so much flavor to the episode. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm I'm happy with all the work that they put into this one. Yeah, super great. I appreciate it. It is appreciated. So, do you want to hear what your prediction was for this episode based on its name? More than life itself. So you've been lucking out lately, mm-hmm. and a lot of these titles seem pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> and this whodunit, BMO tries to solve the mystery of the treehouse. They find that Jake's candy elephant is missing, and BMO takes it upon themselves to find out who is the culprit. Okay, well, something is missing. BMO tries to solve the mystery. Yes. There's no candy elephant. As far as how close you were, I'm going to give that a B. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. As far as... Uh, creativity. I like the idea of a candy elephant missing more than I like the idea of a sock missing. It's funnier <laughs> to me. So a, yay, <laughs> good job. I feel like uh, there was one of our listeners suggested like actually animating these these things. I think even just like a digital comic book would be kind of fun for each of these predictions. That'd I think be, so too. Yeah. Somebody get on top of that. <laughs> I say somebody. I, I'm like working on animation. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, Matt I, you made me. Uh, so we had our beloved cat Maverick, R.I.P. And like uh, he made me some really cool comic books called Maverick in Paradise uh, when he was working as a security guard. And they're like a cop drama. And Maverick is is the lead cop. And they're so rad. Yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Maverick the cat. It, it, like when we go away for the day, he's this hard-boiled detective. Do I like noir or something? <laughs> Is that what we're finding out today? Welcome to the Matt figures out that he really likes noir podcast. <laughs> My mind is just being blown. I'm like, I made one. <laughs> and, and, but like in the comics, it's like, you know, Maverick is like the, the cool detective, but the guy that does all the work is like this... The slobbish kind of guy. It's really great. Who wears a Hawaiian shirt? Yep. <laughs> it has like every cliche from every cop movie. I love it. We should put those up yeah, somewhere. I think I want to. They're I would love funny. you to digitize that and like have it as a virtual thing. Yes. Maverick in Paradise. Maverick in Paradise. Mess with Thunder. You pay the price. Cow. Meow. <laughs> Meow. So uh, do you want to predict what the next episode is about based on its name? Yes, I do. Good luck with this one because it's it's a doozy. It is. King Worm. Okay. So Shelby, the worm, decides that he's tired of living in Jake's viola. He leaves in a, for an adventure of his own, seeking his own kingdom to rule. Ooh, fun. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I was inspired by Princess Cookie when I wrote this. Thinking about how Jake was like, you could just go and be in your own kingdom and have your own people. And I was like, Shelby could do that. Yeah. Yeah, what a good episode that was. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. This is like the happy version of that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, any last thoughts on this episode? I'm glad I finally finished watching this one. Good. I There are definitely aspects of it that I enjoyed, and I really appreciated all the artistry that went into it. Overall, still not one that I'm going to revisit very frequently. Mm-hmm. But how about you? Yeah, I, I think same. And also, you know, I, I'm i going to be honest. I was not looking forward to watching this episode. Based on your belly aching about having to watch this episode, <laughs> um, you're whinging. Um, you're whinging. <laughs> 
But I liked it enough to, I would watch this again for sure. And I, I think I would watch it to look for other details that I missed after the first viewing. Yeah. And like if I had a bunch of friends here with me and we're like, let's watch a random Adventure Time episode. I wouldn't watch this episode, but I would if it was like the fifth one. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch Up a Tree first. Yeah. If somebody came by here who was um, monochromatic. Yeah. I would show them this <laughs> and like, one. Hey, I really like hardboard detective stories. So if a monochromatic version of Joshua came, yeah. you would be like, this is the episode for you. Oh, oh boy. Really excited. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I could see that. Okay, sorry. I was going to say, I think the staff of Adventure Time really like Noir. Yeah. I can't believe how many movie references I missed in this episode. It blows I, my mind. I am really disappointed in you, and I'd ask you to please do better. I know. I, I should have watched this twice before. I used to watch episodes twice. You used to recording. actually write the synopsis for I did the, used to write episodes. the synopsis. I actually I'm considered so starting to do that again. No, why? Because this one would just be being like pouty, like writing those like, this stupid scene with... Uh. <laughs> That's one way to do it. But also, whatever with lipstick. That would like take so much time away from your it, life. It did. So season one, back when we did season one and in two episodes, or mostly season one, the process of the episodes were only like twenty something minutes long that we did back then. Yeah. But the process of writing the episode and then recording it and then editing it was a total of like probably twelve hours. Yeah. At least twelve hours. Yeah. It was a lot of work. No, it's only like eight. We've like <laughs> we've definitely streamlined our process a little yeah. bit, but yeah. Makes me so jealous of podcasters that like never make mistakes and stuff, and they just like they record and like good to go, just send it out. Uh, that uh, Gorley and Russ podcast we listen to, there's no editing in that podcast. Mm -hmm. Me, I stumble over my words like every other word, and I'm like, oh, every time I'm like, today's the day. I'm not going to make any mistakes. Or like, like or like the people that do it live, right? Like they are just like, yeah, we're going to podcast it up live. And I'm like, that's terrifying to me. It is terrifying. But. Oh, man. I tried doing that. Actually, I was a guest on another podcast like two months ago. Mm -hmm. I was terrible. Because <laughs> like, I know that they, they don't do a, a lot of editing for theirs. And I was like, okay, so I got to be on my A game. Yeah. And I just, over like the second half of it, I was just like quiet. I was like, I feel, I've just, I have, and I was trying to be like witty and stuff. And I was like, nope, that joke fell flat. Aw. I actually did, I never listened to the episode. Really? Yeah. I want to listen to it to see what you were like on there. I've had it downloaded for two months and I'm like, I can't do it. As soon as I heard myself start to talk in it, I was like, oh, I can't do it. You know what? I'll, I'll listen to it with you and hold your hand. Oh. And then my internet died during it. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. This is my comf this is my comfort podcast right here. <laughs> I'm in my comfort zone. It is true. It is true. No, I can edit all my mistakes out. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the next episode. Yep. Uh, in our apparently longest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who knew? Who knew? Alrighty. So, King Worm, IMDb rating 8.4, which is pretty rad. Yeah. It's a nice high up uh, rating there. I will say higher than I thought. Yeah. Overall number, 96. Directed by Larry Leachlider, Adam Muto, written and storyboarded by Sam LeVay Xiaophone, Burt Yun, and Steve Wolfhard. Steve Wolfhard? Wow. I, think, I think we've seen that name before. I don't know. 
<laughs> I, just a ter- I just realized I did a terrible job like syncing up that table for you but with like the directed by under it. Yeah, it, hurt my, it hurts my feelings. Sorry. I think yeah. I just kind of spaced out halfway through and no, you're never fine. came back. No, this is, just how it, uh, this is just how it does. Anyway, original air date, August 13th, 2012, unknown amount of viewers. Hey, August 13th, we're going to be on an airplane. Yeah, to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yep. Maybe I should just release this episode on the 13th so that for once it syncs up with, a, with an episode. That would be neat. But why do that? No, I want to get this episode as, out as quickly as possible. So the title card is... <laughs> <laughs> what? This is why we don't do day episodes, because we take forever to record them. Yeah. Is this what I'm like recording sober? <laughs> take my sweet time with everything. Oh, no, this is your normal functioning, so yes. Yes, this is me. <laughs> this is me, uh, what, two months now without Ritalin. Oh, wow. All right. So the title card for this one is Bananas. It is bazonkers. A lot of colors. It looks like just an image out of a nightmare. And you got some of the lich in the background. Finn vomiting up a bunch of jakes who are reading a book with an octopus coming out of it. There's a lady, Rainicorn body with multiple faces. So one end is Rainicorn, the other end is the King Worm, and then Finn is intertwined with the King Worm mm-hmm. when he's vomiting. And Phil face. Yeah, there are two Phil Fi. Phil Fi. It's Phil Fi, the plural for for face. Yes, yes. Faces. Faces. Oh, there's also a, a fish with a boxing glove and a top hat. Standing on eyeballs. Yes, it's great. And LSP in the corner, I just realized. Oh, that is LSP. Yeah. Her face looks so different there. It does. And it looks like maybe PB, ghost PB. Oh, yeah. It's at a stretch. Maybe. I don't know. You got an explosion happening in the background that looks like the Mushroom War. Yeah. It's nuts. If if you want to see what we're talking about, just Google um, King Worm title card. It's crazy. It's bazonkers. I kind of love it. Yeah. This is totally your jam. So the episode starts with Finn waking up to Princess Bubblegum calling him her king and husband. Weird. Yeah. Noticeably, the ears on Finn's hat are longer than usual. Finn realizes that he is on the candy throne wearing a crown and is being watched by a group of banana guards who chant, Long live the king! His crown floats to the ceiling, and when he looks at the group of banana guards again, they are upside down except for their faces. So, I remember the first time I saw this episode... As soon as Finn is waking up and hears King, I was like, it's a dream. Yeah? Yeah. How did did you come to that conjecture? There's no way that would be like reality on the show. Like an episode just starts with Finn suddenly being the king. So I thought it was like a planned thing because there's an enemy coming to the Candy Kingdom at first. Yeah. And so they had to like pretend. I thought, I also thought it might have been one of those, uh, that annoying trope in movies where it's like, oh, Wonder how I got here? Well, let's go back and begin at the beginning. You know, I know you're saying that, but you also love Sonic, and they totally do that. I know, but that's my least favorite part of the movie. Is it's it? like, hey, bet you're wondering how I got here. Well, let's rewind. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I didn't voice Sonic in the movie. Gotta go fast. <laughs> Sounds like a 90s bully or something. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. 90s tough guy or 90s popular guy. My name is Ice. <laughs> My name's 
Jaren. Jaren? <laughs> sounds like I that's the most know. desperate made up name on the spot I've ever heard. <laughs> Jaren? <laughs> that's not even a name. <laughs> Jaren. It's like Jared and Karen. I was gonna say Jerry. Jared, I think I don't think I think he would be the bullied. <laughs> Jaren. I'm gonna cry. Oh. oh, I can't wait to write the show notes for this episode. <laughs> you can't come up with names on the spot. Matt complains about movie theaters. Nobody's going to want to listen to this episode. Uh. Oh my gosh, there are tears coming from my eyes. <laughs> Jared. <laughs> oh. No bully ever. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. <clears throat> but when I saw the crowd get sucked up, I knew it was something else. <laughs> I just wanted to add that. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh, that hurt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Jared. (laughs) 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 Oh, I can't laugh that hard. Oh. So, okay, back to the episode. So Finn looks up Princess Bubblegum's shoulder and he sees King Worm. So Finn thinks that he recognizes the worm who jumped out a window. So Princess Bubblegum's face appears on the back of her head and she whispers to Peppermint Butler. He doesn't know he's dreaming. Finn is confused and the scene changes. Finn is sitting in a forest with FP, Flame Princess, who calls him honey and tells him to eat his soup. He does not respond, so Flame, Pr- Flame Princess angrily yells at him to eat it now. He eats some of it and closes his eyes, and the room morphs to a room like the one in the tree fort. Flame Princess's eyes turn into mouths for a brief moment, and she soon changes into Peppermint Butler, holding the king worm. Peppermint Butler then grows a second head and explains that Finn is trapped in a dream. So is Peppermint Butler somehow aware that Finn's in a dream right now, outside of the dream? Like, you know yeah. Peppermint but- Butler... <clears throat> Knows some, like, dark magic or something. Well, yeah, before. we know that, like, he's friends with death, right? Mm-hmm. I I don't know, and I wonder if they do that for the convenience of the Watcher. Yeah. Maybe it's, like, Finn's subconscious. Maybe. I don't... It's really interesting, but I do think it's kind of different, right? He yeah. is not someone that we've gotten to know or trust. Mm-hmm. In fact, we, we only distrust him. As soon as... FP's eyes turned into mouths. I was yeah. like, Amy's not going to love this episode. <laughs> um, there, there are parts of this episode that I had to turn my face away from because it was so disturbing. And then other parts that I thought were really crafty and neat. And um, so I have mixed feelings about this. Okay. I looked up, there was a, an article online of like the 10 creepiest Adventure Time episodes. And they put this in the number one spot. Hmm. I disagree. Yeah. I think the cre- creepiest episode is the one with uh, the deer. Yes, I agree with that. I f- hate the deer one, and it terrifies me. In fact, okay, I'm going to... Okay, so we're going to go ahead and start into this. So Matthew loves horror movies, mm-hmm. and I do not. Now, I used to as a kid, like I used to watch them, but then the Blair Witch Project broke me, 
And I have ever since that movie been terrified. And some people may be like, oh, it's so funny. She's afraid of the bird. Which, okay, well, back in the freaking whatever aughts or 90s, whenever that came out, that was like, yeah, that was like crazy, like terrifying. And now it's been spoofed so many times and done so many times that it's lost like that level of fear, I think, and incitement of fear. But anyways, regardless, ever since then, I've not, I'm not good at horror movies and I have a very vivid imagination. And most recently I was like, you know what? I really like the Conjuring movies. I think they're great. So Matt and I watched a bunch of them and now I am permanently broken Mm. where if I can't turn on the light to our bedroom before I walk into it, the rest of the night I'm done because I have this vivid thing that the nun is going to come out and get me. Oh. I've legit had to take down, we have like this little hook thing that held a bunch of like my robe and like hats and stuff like that. I had to take all that down because the fairy man's going to get me. I have to close our bathroom door, again, citing the nun. And then just the other night, so I'm laying in bed, so I'll turn on British Baking Show um, on those nights where I just, I can't, not I can't lay in the darkness. Um, but Matt was already asleep because he falls asleep really fast. And <laughs> in my brain, I was like, Amy, you're safe. You're okay. Like using some cognitive reframing. And guess what flashed into my head? Jake with a freaking cro- cockroach. Crockroach. <laughs> <laughs> Roach crawling out of his ear. And I'm like, great. More fodder. Ooh, from Adventure Time, too. Good job, show. Yeah. And the scary factor. Yeah. You know what? I'm with you on Blair's Project. I So I recently went through this list of scary movies to check off all the ones I'd seen. And up to this point, as far as I know, as far as, like, popular movies go, I've seen, like, 500 and something. Yeah. Blair's Project still scares the pants off me. Yeah. Yep. My pants fly off. Fly off. You know how many times like they like just like whoosh and they like break lamps and (laughs) I'm free. Anyway. I'm like, oh, sorry. I was thinking of the Blair Witch Project again. (laughs) It's really embarrassing in restaurants. So Peppermint Butler grows a second head. Yeah. His face then becomes blurry and his hands turn into worm-like creatures who explain to Finn that he needs to find the worm and break it. So Finn points out the Peppermint Butler is holding the worm, but it turns out to be a spoon. Phil pops up behind Peppermint Butler from his small pants, and Peppermint Butler throws the spoon at Finn. So this is the second Phil face. And then also he calls Peppermint Butler Pet Bubs. That's right. I was going to ask you about that. Pet Bubs? Pet pet Butt. Yeah, Pet Butt. Yeah. Love Love it. it. We're going to call him that from now on. (laughs) We might call it that because it's really hard to say. (laughs) Yep. Finn notices Jake in another room through a window, but the room appears to be upside down. Jake is wrapping a gift with Lady Rainicorn, who has two mouths and is speaking English in a very deep voice. Mm-hmm. One of her mouths split, spits out tape that Jake uses for the gift. Lady Rainicorn then tells Jake to play his viola, and he does. Of all the weird, spooky stuff for this episode, for some reason, Lady Rainicorn is the creepiest thing to me in this one. Really? Yeah, something like her deep voice and... Like the tape coming out of her nose. Mm-hmm. No, that was her second mouth. Oh, the second mouth, I mean. Yeah. Um. Also, this sequence of watching Jake wrap a gift reminds me of Matthew wrapping a gift. Or it's just like <laughs> the most botched wrapping job you could possibly do. Yes. I like this uh, orange wrapping paper, though. Yeah, it's pretty cool. 
So, you like the color orange. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> so a music note comes out. Then it turns into the worm. And Finn sees the worm escaping through a small hole in the wall and jumps in the room after it. So he and Jake start to talk. And they realize that they are linked together in one dream. So Jake states that he does not think Lady Rainicorn's real. And they decide to follow the worm through the hole, which is a problem because the hole's too small. Jake explains that because it's a dream, Finn can do what he wants. He then imagines a, imagines a sword capable of blasting a hole in the wall and is happy for himself for not dreaming up weird stuff. Mm -hmm. The sword then turns into a shark and Finn freaks out. Jake tells him that he needs to be careful because if he fills the word with his subconscious fears, it will fall apart. Yeah, yeah. Finn, Finn was like, oh, this is cool. I, I usually dream of messed up stuff like sharks. And then a shark comes out of the wall. And that's funny because I, I have nightmares about sharks like once a month probably. Yeah, and he doesn't do anything to help it because he'll like literally watch shark attack videos. Yeah, it's comforting. So Jake tells him to just shrink down and the two of them go through the worm's hole. And they wind up in a field with Ice King running towards them. Ice King calls him Fiona and Cake and tells him that uh, he's really made a mistake. So Finn and Jake are confused until two monsters made up of a bunch of penguins show up. So Finn and Jake run away until they find their dad, Joshua, who is not responding to anything they say. I see the whole, I think the whole IK thing with the monsters made out of um, Gunters was actually really kind of cool and creative. I think so too. It was I, awesome. I also like the callback of Fiona and Cake. And I also think it's really interesting because in the Fiona and Cake gender bent episodes ik is a female yeah <clears throat> so then joshua starts knitting and eventually his knitting turns into king worm king worm then bolts to a nearby mountain and finn imagines that he and jake have gigantic legs jake complains that this is boring for him as this is like totes normal for him so finn set imagines that he has a bird instead of legs it's a so the, tiny little bird yeah that like he sits atop made out of jake body and mm -hmm. flies him away or if jake could pull that off oh no we've seen him try to pull off a koala and that didn't go so well <laughs> i don't like koalas anymore i don't like koalas anymore <laughs> so as they chase after king worm it starts raining lumpy space princesses which we both loved oh oh arr, arr, and they're both doing that on the way down <laughs> arr, arr. so when they reach the top they find a frozen king worm they grab a nearby rock that appeared from out of nowhere breaking the worm and the dream fades away so finn and jake wake up quote unquote in their room and start asking one another if they're okay, and they celebrate that they did it. Notably, the ears on Finn's hat are still longer than usual. Finn then notices a mirror wavering in the background, and upon closer inspection, realizes his reflection in uh, as a humanized Finn, which is the Finn from Farmworld Finn. Yeah. <clears throat> which is episode, uh, the first episode, I think, of next season. He says that he's pretty sure that this isn't normal. Jake then tells him that, eh, it's fine. But when he turns, his nose starts to be huge. Yeah. Finn then points out a full mug that's falling to the floor, breaking, and then reversing back to its initial state repeatedly. You know what's funny? Like, I've, I've seen a lot of movies that are that like take place in <laughs> dreams, and I feel like this actually pulled off what a dream is actually like better than a lot of movies do. I, I think I agree with that, and, and the creativity... So this has been like my number one thing with Adventure Time is the level of creativity that comes with many of these episodes is astounding and mm -hmm. just so on point. Yeah, for sure. Like I watch like Inception and like, um, mm -hmm. you know, Monday Night Wearing Free Movies and stuff like that. And I'm always thinking, I'm like, the the dream world feels so like the real world in these that I, I can't relate because I have weird dreams. Shocking. And I don't know if everybody's dreams are like it or not, but my dreams are something like what you see in this episode. 
Or like you wake up and you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So good job, show. So Finn realizes that Jake pinched him earlier, but he never pinched Jake back to see if he's real. So he starts trying to pinch Jake, but Jake backs off, telling him everything's fine. When Finn finally catches and pinches Jake, his skin melts off. And Finn realizes for sure that he's still dreaming. King Worm rises from the melted Jake and says that Finn cannot defeat him. It was kind of like Finn's not phased by this, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And he does like try to scooch this puddle that's Jake to the side with his foot. It's really funny. Yeah. It's it's like not just he doesn't completely melt it for his. It's just like his skin melts off and it's just a skeleton. Yeah. And then the skeleton melts. Yeah. It It was crazy. Yep. Uh, so the King Worm proclaims that he will keep Finn in the dreamscape until he has consumed all of his life energy. Finn yells, saying, I use that, and starts to attack King World, uh, King Worm. Uh, <laughs> but he realizes something is missing and gets depressed. He sadly states that he will be stuck in this dreamscape forever, revealing a significant fear. The ceiling cracks and a chunk falls onto KW's head. He tells Finn to knock it off, which causes Finn to remember what Jake said about fears breaking down dreamscapes. So Finn concentrates on his deepest fears and salt water begins to pour from his belly button and fills up the room. The lich then crawls out of his belly button and Finn freaks out. The clearly deteriorating worm tells him to calm down, to which he replies, never! Princess Bubblegum then comes out of his stomach. Finn starts to feel relieved until she tells him to quiet down because she's having coffee with the lich and that he wouldn't understand because he's too young. A lot of callbacks. Yeah, the, and we'll talk about all that. We'll like link all of them in the in the triv um, later, but... This this was my favorite part of the episode. Mm-hmm. This freaks him out even more and causes more damage to the worm. He then goes into a crib and remembers Ghost Lady or Shoko, and which came up in uh, the creeps. The creeps, yep. Mm-hmm. Then no one was like, "Oh, we don't." What are you talking about, Ghost? And he's like, "I'm locking that way forever." Yeah. And continues to be horrified as the worm deteriorates to near nothing. So he asks the king worm to stop one final time. The worm claims that he does not know what Finn's talking about. Finn strains and a clown pops out of his stomach. <laughs> this is where I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, dream, it's like one last, like, <laughs> we're going to freak people out one more time. The dream breaks as the worm is shriveling up even more. And Finn is with Jake in his living room with a shriveled king worm and his minions. The minions suddenly explode. Finn then orders the worm to get out of his house in a manly voice. Get out of my house. And the worm meekly complies. He pinches Jake to be sure that he is awake. Jake crosses his arms and walks away saying, come on. Finn (laughs) replies that he just did so to check and the episode ends. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Okay. So again, I think there are parts of this episode that were just kind of like, I, I can't. But then it like pivoted and I. I thought I thought what was so neat was that there were tons of callbacks and you're just like, oh yeah. I love how it started. So Finn thinks back when he's starting to think about like all the his greatest fears. You see it the screen go black and you hear him the buff baby running. And then as the buff baby runs by, which leads to Oh my gosh, I was abandoned as a child. What if? Dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads to greater questions and we get answers later on. But anyway, and then there's like a treasure chest that is unlocked by like this scary spirit who then opens up all his fears. And it was so well done. And I just was really impressed by that. Yeah. 
the other thing that's really cool with this one, and I I never really realized it until this time through, is like this is kind of like a check a check in on like where Finn is up to this point mm-hmm. from where he started in the show, and also a glimpse of where he's going. Yeah. 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 What bo- I wrote it here. I hate this episode. It hurts my brain. <laughs> So up until the the buff baby sequence and where he was like attacking his fears, I think just all of like the weirdness and like the just really the oddities kind of was a little too disturbing for me. Mm-hmm. Some aspects of it were creative. Other aspects were not. And um, I think it was cool. I ended up liking this episode because of how the episode pivoted. Yeah, so towards the beginning of it where, you know, it was all dreamscaping and stuff like that. I was like, okay, well, th- it's using like the, the whole dream thing to get as creative as they feel like. But I'm sure it's not going to be like a very story heavy episode because of that. But it turns out it is pretty story heavy. Yeah. Because even though you have all this weird stuff going on, there's still like a, a story through line. Yeah. With Finn having to get out of this thing. And it happens. He just has to deal with his fears to get through it. So this is the first episode of like a bunch of episodes that come up over the second half of the series. That are all kind of like interpretive and trippy. Yeah. And those are not always my favorites. I love like the creativity in them, but sometimes I'm like, all right, let's get to a story. And what I like about this one is it is able to get like kind of creepy and trippy, but there is also still a storyline here too. So yeah. I think this is one of the episodes that does that best. Yeah, I, I do think it's it's fascinating. It's again one of those like one off episodes where the story like punches punches a pack, packs a punch. Mm-hmm. God, Amy, get your life together. Uh, packs a punch in 11 minutes, right? Like, so, so much work is done in these 11 minutes. So they really put a lot in there. And I, I thought that was just really memorable and pretty impressive. Yeah, same here. You you worded that all very well. Hey, thanks. Was there anything that you specifically liked about this episode? So I grew up watching the weird 90s cartoons that kids probably shouldn't have been watching, mm-hmm. like Ren and Stimpy and things like that. And I got a real vibe of that from this episode. And when I was reading up uh, some background on this one, because I saw that one of the directors was uh, Steve Wolfhard, one of those guys. Yeah, anyway, uh, has actually worked on Red and Stimpy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, it's a creepy episode for it, sure. It is. And those, I didn't watch Ren and Stimpy because of that very reason. I'm picky about my cartoons. And if there are things that are just too off, like that it just disturbs me so mm-hmm. much that i, I can't i yeah. can't watch it i think that if this whole episode was just weird stuff for the sake of it i wouldn't like it as much as i do yeah 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 yeah. but at the same time so there's nothing i didn't like specifically in this episode but there's not a lot that i loved either Hmm. interesting yeah that is really interesting where's the snail the snail appears on the shelf near the end when finn says get out of our house king worm it's so like tucked back into the background you, you, you like it's just he's just really really high up there yep i didn't see him in the show yeah Hmm. snail watch snail watch 21 2021 as you pointed out there are two phil faces one on the title card and the second is when he shows up on peppermint butler's back which was really funny during the second one that i i one is that you know we we pull some of these notes from different wikis Mm-hmm. And nobody noted that. And I, so when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, she's like right there. Yeah. You know what's great about Phil Face compared to the snail is like the snail, they always have to try to hide it. Phil Face mm-hmm. just, it's right up in the open. It totally is. I love it. And it's so funny and random. Yeah. I love it. What's your favorite line from this episode? If you gronk up the dream space with your unconscious fear, the whole thing will blow apart. Jake. Nice. 
Yeah. Good line. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, well, that's a... So this is before Finn knew that Jake was actually part of the dreamscape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was like, oh, that was a protective thing, right? Yep. And then turns out that it actually was not. <laughs> it was the way out. You know what I actually thought was the darkest part of this episode for me personally? What? Is when he realizes Jake was never there with him. And yeah. I'm like, ah, oh, he's there alone. He yeah. has to figure this out by himself. Uh, but interestingly, though, he had people that helped him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, So uh, Pet Butt <laughs> helped him. So did the, you know, disposition of like all the, you know, how, how do you figure out like you got to break the worm, blah, blah, blah. And then Jake was part of the the crew to help him break him and like helped him figure out oh you need to shrink small run up the mountain you can run after him you can use all these powers like taught him how to use powers in this dream that he otherwise would have not or would have taken longer to figure out elongating this this time and potentially dying in this which i thought was interesting is like are these are these them helping or like actual characters popping in and like or is this his subconscious embodying those players so pet butt and jake but it's all finn the whole time right does that make sense yeah what are your thoughts i agree oh my god that's a good point so what is i guess my question is is like that disposition that pet butt gives why is it that it was pet peppermint butler that did that peppermint butler does usually have pretty good like when he has advice it's good advice yeah. And it's usually about the stuff, like the trippier stuff where he's like, oh, okay, I see what's happening here. Here's mm-hmm. what you need to do. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe because King Worm is evil and Pet Butt's evil. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good question. And maybe it comes to Jake because Jake is able to morph his body into different things that he is the considered the expert in this. And so Finn subconscious turns into Jake to help him because, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Sorry. Oh, it's Tangent. Good. Your favorite I, line. I usually dream of messed up stuff, like a shark trying to bite my face off. Finn. Because I, one, I relate to that. And also, I wonder if he dreams about sharks because he's afraid of the ocean. Yes. I bet you that's why. Yep. I would say that is. That would be my guess if I was a guessing girl. Yeah. Uh, what's your impression? Listen, don't worry about it. <laughs> King Worm. And that's something you say so often. Yeah. And his voice is done by Eric Estrada from Chips. That's so cool. What's your impression? Uh, my impression is Finn. And it's just checking just when he was, checking. after he pinched Jake. Yeah. To make sure that he was actually alive. Awesome. Matt. Mm-hmm. We have so much trivia. Let's get to it. The sword that Finn conjures in his dream has the same appearance as the sword from the Adventure Time logo, except with minor color differences. The sword stuck on the ground near the school scene at the end of the opening theme song also looks like it. Oh, cool. So this is the first episode Flame Princess is in that does not have a fire-related title. Oh, Mm. cool. That is interesting. The symbols used below the promo art are examples of optical illusions. Ooh. This is the first episode where Finn calls Peppermint Butler Pep Butt. Almost all the major characters are seen in this episode. The only major character not seen is Marceline. Ah, uh, interesting. I feel, that yeah. is so crazy because it would have been, this seems like it would have been like perfect to have Marceline in it. Yeah. We haven't seen a lot of Marceline in the last bunch of episodes. Mm-hmm. So Lady Rainicorn speaks English in this episode. It doesn't count. It's, it's in a dream. Yeah, it's weird. 
The scarf that Joshua knits looks similar to the scarf that Tree Trunks knitted in Legends of Ooh. Oh, cool. So when Finn chases after King Worm in the room with Lady and Jake, you can see Finn's echo run backwards in the mirror. Huh, interesting. The ambient background music heard when Finn sees his alternate form in the mirror is the same ambient music heard throughout Farm World in the episode Finn the Human and Jake the Dog. Whoa, they're planning ahead. Yep. So this is the first time Farm World Finn is seen. The mushroom cloud that comes out of Princess Bubblegum's cup has been seen to come from the mushroom bomb and the lich's well of power. Yeah, you can see that in the title card too. Hmm. So the shark sword was never seen again. The shark sword was seen again in Break the Worm, a playable game on the Cartoon Network website. Huh, interesting. Never even heard of that one. Nope. In the Korean dub of this episode... Lady Rainicorn sounds normally, like her normal voice, and she still speaks Korean. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, that's neat. So, episode connections. The King Worm had hypnotized Finn and Jake at the end of the episode of uh, Evicted, which is back in, I think, season one. In this episode, uh, when the dream is broken, the background and character positions are similar in both chapters. Fascinating. Yeah. All right. So these are all the connections um, from Finn's fears. And these are uh, ones that have been men- mentioned, as we as we noted in past episodes. So Fear Fe- Feaster and the Ocean from Ocean of Fear. The Lich from Mortal Folly. Uh, Princess Bubblegum saying that Finn is too young from the song My Best Friends in the World and What is Missing or What Was Missing. And Jake telling Finn that he is too young for Princess Bubblegum multiple times in the series. Shoko's ghost from The Creeps. Clowns, such as in Another Way. It's Freaking. the only way! I hate it! I hate that episode so much! <laughs> Likewise, Finn's dream seems to foreshadow future events. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when Finn sees himself in the mirror, it's a reflection, blah, blah, blah. You know that from the alternate universe version of him in uh, Finn the Human and Jake the Dog. The Lich's appearance in the dream foreshadows his return in the season finale. The Gunter monster foreshadows the events in Reign of Gunters. Yes, it does. I knew that looked familiar. Finn turning his and Jake's feet big is dreamed again by Jake in The Lich, in which he got big feet. Huh. I don't remember that. Cool. Yeah. Ice King refers to Finn and Jake as Fiona and Cake without knowing the difference. The gender-swapped counterparts first appear in IK's imagination in the season three episode and return to season five's Bad Little Boy. Ah. Yeah. Baby Finn from Memories of Boom Boom Mountain and Memory of a Memory appears again. The shape of Lady Rainicorn's <laughs> mouth is very similar to the design from the animated short. Oh, cool. Which that, I remembered that. I was like, I've seen this before. Man, they're, man. They're, they're doing some... <laughs> okay, Jaren. <crazy>, Jaren. <laughs> they're doing some crazy callbacks on this one. So when Finn tries to pinch Jake, the title song from his hero plays. Hmm. Jake's bird feet are like the ones Jake gets from the power of the wand in the episode, The Wand. The Wand. The hole that Finn and Jake travel through is literally a wormhole leading into another dream universe, foreshadowing the multiverse theory explained in the episode, The Lich. The first phrase, long live the king, and Finn wearing a crown might foreshadow when Farmworld Finn wears the Ice King's crown in Finn the Human. Jake is playing his Wait, what was that sound for? Oh, the fact that that's a really cool uh, factoid. Yeah. So Jake is playing his viola that he taped back together after he broke it in What Was Missing. Oh, that's right. He was so funny. Oh, uh, yeah, when he was the, the band diva. Yeah. Lady Rainicorn speaking English in a very deep voice relates to the old man voice in the universal translator device given to, gave her in 
My two favorite people. Come on, my darling. Wrap your legs around me. <laughs> so PB still has her new haircut from Burning Low. After Princess Bubblegum said that she was having coffee with the lich, she said, you're too young, which is the title of season three episode. What she said When she says that a green mushroom cloud appears from her cup, that cloud is exactly the same as the one seen in Mortal Folly. The music in the long preview was used in the Burning Low trailer. Finn's extended ears appear again in A Glitch is a Glitch, a season five episode. Glitch is a glitch. That sounds so familiar. Oh, yeah. I know, I know that. It's from Adventure Time, season five. (laughs) Thank you. So all his fears seem to come from his belly button, just like the fear feaster in Ocean of Fear. Ah, yeah. Nice. So great. So many callbacks. I freaking love it. Yep. Okay, so there are a bunch of cultural references as well as story storyline analysis i'm really excited about these oh cool so some of the scenes were inspired by youtube poops which is like a youtube channel (laughs) um a possible one is when finn says the worm and a blue colored fin appears out of nowhere repeating in a squeaky voice the worm interesting Mm -hmm. the scene where finn's head turned into a shape for a while after going into a hole is a reference to tom and jerry the way Finn and Jake jump resembles the animation of Super Mario 3. Boom, love Freaking that Freaking love it. Yes. When when the Phil face appears and says Satori, which is a term used to define a deep meditative state in which an individual becomes enlightened. Hmm. Cool. I was wondering about that. The idea of King Worm using Finn's dreams and sucking his life energy is inspired by Mara, a lady from Germanic folklore that turns dreams into nightmares and drains life energy. Ooh. Huh. So it would seem by the similarities between the end scene from this episode and the one from Evicted that this episode's events are the dreams caused by King Worm on the on that day. Huh. Oh, cool. So several things in the dream that uh, hadn't been known to Finn yet at the time of Evicted, his fear of the ocean, Shoko, Flame Princess, etc. This means that the events are not the same and King Worm hypnotized them a second time. Wow. Okay. That's crazy. Woo! Do you want to hear what your prediction was for this episode based on the name? That was a lot of stuff. Yeah, that was. Thanks for hanging in with us, guys. Jeez. Yes, I would. I would like to know what last week's prediction was. And I love it. Was We should call that last episode prediction. 20 minutes ago's prediction. Yeah. Remember that? Because this is, we had this format typed up. Uh, because we used to do one episode at a time. Yeah, now we're doing two at a time. You got to predict within the same podcast episode what the next one's going to be. I do love how we have just now realized that. Yeah, <laughs> we did last week's so prediction. Long. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've guessed based on the name King Worm that this is the synopsis for the episode. Shelby the Worm decides that he is tired of living in Jake's Viola. He leaves for an adventure of his own, seeking his own kingdom to rule. So this is one of those cases, again, where your guess is actually very similar to a future episode. Really? Yeah. Huh. Unfortunately, it's not this one. (laughs) Um, Really? It's not? (laughs) As far as how close it is, Jake's viola is seen. Z minus. Okay. As far as creativity, A minus. Okay. Yeah, pretty good. That's fair. I've had more creative ones, I know. All good. And you want to predict what the next episode's about based on the name? Yes. Lady and Peebles. Okay, so I wrote this before I knew <laughs> Peebles was the nickname of PB. Oh, boy. So Lady introduces Jake to her imaginary friend, Peebles. Peebles turns out to be jealous of Jake and is secret- secretly trying to sabotage their relationship. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to find out. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Guess what, Matt? What? We have some listener feedback. Listener feedback. Oh, yeah. I just hit my microphone for like the 15th time. Gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is why we can't have a nice thing. I know. I'm a mess. <laughs> it's okay. I still love you. So we got a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, which, by the way, if you want to help the show out, that's the best way to do it. And it's by Captain Evmo. E-V-M-O. Okay. <laughs> and the title is Oh My Gob. And they say, I love y'all's podcast so much. Also, Amy, if you're looking for a new Legend of Zelda game, Skyward Sword HD just dropped. Disclaimer, it's expensive, but awesome. It's the tale of Hyrule's founding. P.S. Remember that email and picture of a drawing you got from a fan named Evan? That's me. Sorry if I talked too much. No, Evan, you did not talk too much. We, we love the picture. loved it. And yes. also, we love that you not only emailed us and shared, was vulnerable and shared your fan art, but you also uh, wrote us a review. And I will definitely have to check out the new Zelda game. Um, I'm working I'm working on Animal Crossing right now, and it is absorbing my life essence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I'm eventually going to live in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm just going to come you- home one day and just see you sucked into the TV. Yeah. Come. Yes. Eat my apples. <laughs> I'm like I don't want to. <laughs> I'm not an animal. Pro- I'm not an Animal Crossing guy. <laughs> but thank you. Um, you definitely have to check that out. And Evan, you rock. And thank you for sharing. Yes, thank you so much. You're awesome. And we got another five star review from Showstopper two four six. Adventure time. Yeah. Hi, Matt and Amy. This is officially my first podcast. Wow. I started listening this past summer, and I love it. Adventure time is such an amazing show. Totally agree. Um, my brother and I are currently rewatching it, and my nickname is Finn. And one of my life goals is to get a dog and name him Jake the dog, so that together we are Finn and Jake. Keep up the great That's work. That's an awesome goal, and I kind of want to steal that idea. <laughs> yeah, that is so fabulous. Love that you're listening to us. Um, we're excited that this is your first podcast, and hope that you have found it enjoyable and encourage you to listen to all the podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. There's some great ones out there. Totally. Really excited for you that you're just discovering podcasts. Yeah. It's Matt, an exciting place to be. Matt remembers it, when he first started listening to podcasts, it was like the morning glory where like, you know, where they're on the, <laughs> the thing that comes to my mind is the, uh, on the Simpsons where all the kids come out of their houses and they're like, you know, rub their eyes and see the sun and the, and the outside yeah. for the first time. <laughs> That's how I feel like it was yeah, for Matt. Unfortunately like, now it's like a horrible addiction because I listen to podcasts <laughs> all day, every day. He does. It's great. I love it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We are so glad Finn that you are listening to our show. Thank you for the feedback guys. We love it. We live off it. It helps others know about our show, too. And we absolutely love, love, love recording this show. Absolutely. So, Matt, any last thoughts about these two episodes that we covered today? They are two very different episodes from each other. But they're also both a break from the usual adventure fair with Finn and Jake. Mm-hmm. And, you, know, you get Finn and Jake in the second episode, but it's not the typical adventure. Yeah. And I think that's kind of cool. You know, it's it's uh, something different. A little spice. A little bup, bup, bup. <laughs> They're like dipping their toe into these different characters that they're going to develop. Yep. And, and then also the creativity and kind of like wackiness of the second episode. Uh, I, I think this is, this is fortune telling what we're going to expect to see future state. Yeah. Uh, we are 
so towards the end of season four, uh, we, we've already seen an evolution in the show at this point. Like, oh, it's, it's 100%. very different in a lot of episodes now than where we started back in like seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to get more different from there. I'm really excited. And I know it's taken us quite a while to get through this series, but we love it. And it, you know, has been quite the adventure for us. Yeah, it has. It's been swell. Matt? Yeah? You know what? What? We finished another episode of Adventure Time. <gasps> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. Remember that you can email us at omeglobpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> you can reach us at the social medias at omeglobpodcast. Oh We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're not 100% perfect at any of those, but we try to... <laughs> Matt tries to post. I am not good at it. I'm not on a lot of social media uh, just because I get too um, sucked in and I find my life is involved, like too much time spent on social media. So Matt handles all our social media. We need an intern, I think. We really need an intern. We need an intern, (laughs) one, to keep us on like a schedule, and then two, to post in our social medias, especially our Instagram. So if you want to be our intern and we will like repay you with, adoration and appreciation and a monster energy drink occasionally like totally hit us up we would totally support that yeah Yeah. we would absolutely love that yeah and it would also look good on a resume (gasps) yeah yeah totally boom what was i saying oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) don't forget to rate and review us on any of your podcast services and we try and scour them and pull out any any reviews we get we'll totally read them on the air and then, Matt, you want to share about our, our phone number? Yes. So if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so by going to, by calling 216-260-GLOB or 216-260-4562. And, uh, you know, just let us know what you're thinking. Uh, maybe do an impression of a character. Say whatever you want. We'll play it on the show. Yeah, we're really excited. We haven't got any calls yet, so hopefully we'll get one eventually and we'll be able to uh, hear your guys' awesome voices. And if you don't want to do that, you can also um, leave a like a voicemail on anchor.fm um, through our show as well. Yeah. So I think that's everything. I think that's everything too. Oh my goodness. My brain, this day recording stuff is just not working. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to do it a couple more times to see if I like it. Mm -hmm. My first knee jerk assessment is uh, this is taking much longer (laughs) than normal. And I'm exhausted. I don't know if I can do anything after this. I might have to just play Animal Crossing for the rest of the day. (laughs) I know. I feel like I need a nap. Planning on going for a run, but I'm like, I just expelled so much mental energy. (laughs) I think. So I don't know how long, how much is going to get edited out, but right now we're coming up on two hours of recording. Holy bonkers. This is by far the longest (laughs) we've ever recorded an episode of the show. And it's two episodes. I didn't think we were going to have that much to say about. Yeah. It's crazy. So watch, we're going to get to like our favorite episodes and they're going to be like 20 minutes long now. That's what happened to freaking Card Wars. I was like, this happened. I'm too tired to talk all about it. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, because we recorded that one like 50 times. Oh, yeah. And also, we recorded that like five times. <laughs> Our listeners are going to be like, what is going on with these two? <laughs> all right, you guys. We love you. You're amazing. I'm Amy. I'm Matt. And we'll catch you on the flip. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.